0: Welcome back to another Yak Podcast, and happy holidays. Um, Hope this podcast finds you well. We're continuing our series on things of the earth, Uh, and this week we cover the um, idea of uh, idolatry and uh, how that affects us as creatures. Hope you enjoy. C.S. Lewis once said, Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Last week we discussed what it meant to be a creature, how to view God as supreme. How holding him in that supreme place tends to make everything else around us work. Relationships, self-image, all naturally come together. But sin entered the picture, and now we wrestle between our sin nature and us being a new creation. And like all tragedies, we are lost to our own desires. Instead of viewing God as supreme, we so easily place other things at the center of our lives. We enjoyed mud pies in the slum way too much. When we are offered sandcastles by the shore. By design, our hearts were desire factories for our creator. But they have turned into idol factories for his creation. So, and that is idolatry. What is idolatry? And this is your first fill in the blank. Idolatry is setting something else up as supreme in place of where we should place our God. Idolatry is setting something else up as supreme in place of where we should place our God. To take Caleb's analogy from Transformation Group last week, it is living in God's kingdom and putting something else up on the throne. It is treating someone else as ruler of our lives, following their orders like they've come from the mouth of God. Think of the white witch witch and... um, Edmund's desire for the Turkish delight. That was his god. I would do anything for that. And they fool you into thinking it's actually good. It really is a bad dessert. I don't have it. Um, it's no good. It's not like those peppermint brownies out there. Man, those, those, I'm going to, like, I'm going to report those to the DEA. Wow. Those are good. it's the drug and Custom administration. Anybody? Okay. Um, Again, it is treating someone else as rule of our lives, following their orders like they come from the mouth of God. Well, I don't do that, AJ. God is king of my life. He reigns supreme. I know another guy, though. Now, he, (laughs) he's an idolater. A rabid one, mind you. You could put his picture in the dictionary next to idolatry. So that our minds leave that guy behind. Let me give you some concrete examples. The idol of autonomy. Autonomy means belief that you can do it on your own. That you are your own. You are Mr. or Mrs. Independent. You strive for this. Your whole goal in life is to be independent from your parents, your friends, any organization. You want control, by golly. You want your hands on the game controller, your fingers on the wheel, and the game system better respond to your commands and the other drivers best get out of your way. Frank Frank Sinatra, in his song, My Way, lights up the desire for the autonomy in our hearts. He says this, he sings it actually, I lived a life that's full, I've traveled each and every highway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention, I did what I had to do and I saw it through without exception. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Or from many Frank Sinatra, Simba the Lion from the Lion King, we teach our children to be leaders by singing this to them. No one saying do this. No one saying be there. No one saying stop that. No one saying see here. Free to run around all day. Free to do it all my way. For someone to give you a command is a cardinal sin. In our culture. Or else, in the movie Frozen, puts it this way it's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free to do it my way. Its campaign slogans of political groups and advertising campaigns of major corporations also express this idea, which is a reflection of our hearts. American Express, my life, my card, Burger King, have it your way. Capital Card, Capital One, what's in your wallet? Cheez-Its. Zach Fisher should say this to me every time I'm at his house. Get your own box. Harley Davidson. American by birth, rebel by choice. Whose choice? My choice. L'Oreal. Because I'm worth it. I do need to buy some makeup. The State Tourism Department of New York. I love New York. Reebok, I am what I am, that's an older one, Olympus cameras, your vision, our future, abortion, my choice, my body, the political left, I define who and what I am and what I can do, whether that's gender fluid, a woman, black, white, morality, the political right, individual freedoms are the cornerstone of our constitution. Fact is, you have been raised in a culture that is trying to convince you, and probably has, that your autonomy is your God, karma, or moral given right. That your definition of yourself and society around you are all that matter. It's your definition of self and society that matter. I mean, isn't it time you believed in yourself? And that's just idolatry of autonomy. God's people have a history of doing this in spades. Saul, Solomon, Samson, Adam, all idolaters of autonomy. You could probably list most people's names in this room too. Boys, pay attention. But the best friend of the idol of autonomy is the idol of control. They feed off each other like two ticks stuck in a Ziploc bag. You get frustrated when a sibling, sorry, idols of control can be seen in the same songs listed above. It's the motto of being your own boss. You looking up the diagnosis for your latest sickness on WebMD and letting your doctor know what you have. Telling your teacher that the reason you got to be on that last assignment was because of something they didn't do. You get frustrated when a sibling doesn't do what you've asked them to do or what you didn't ask them to do but your folks did and you're just reminding them. You get frustrated when your teammates lazily mop around practice or heaven forbid a game or a match. When someone is late for an appointment with you or miss it all together, you freak out. When you are a parent and your child doesn't listen to you, They are your children, they must. I don't care if they're 17, 18, 20, or 30. How quickly, when you're a parent, you will forget that they were God's children all along, and the reason you will control them is because you want them to control them because any mistake they make might reflect poorly on you. Either one of these two idols I call the Copernicus Syndrome. Suddenly, the universe isn't revolving around you in the way you think it should. And our culture will tell you that these things should be fought for. You should strive for these idols. But like all idols, especially some American ones, it places something else on the throne other than God. It asks the question, what can I do for myself, before reminding you that someone else has already done something for you. We can go on about idols of money, power, lust, Love, comfort, security, victim mentality, narcissism, and any other list. But a point I want to make is this, and it's your next fill in the blank, and that is you are an idolater. There is no getting around this. You are welcome to think about the other idolaters that might even run your life or that you live with or go to school with, but let's put those mental trading cards aside for the moment and look in the mirror. You, I, and the person sitting next to you are idolaters, and we're good at it. I will go as far as to say that we're great at it. And for most of you, I don't think it's because you hate God. I don't. I think it's simply that you love something else more than him. I think everyone who calls themselves a Christian longs to speak as the author of Psalm 73 when he says, Whom am I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength of my heart and my portion forever. So then how can we view God's gifts as that? So So then how... Can we and do we view God's gifts? If we know that we're walking idolatry factories, if we are many kings setting up our own kingdom, should we just flee the world for heaven, knowing that we'll be lost in the wilderness to false worship? How do we live with the constant pressure to view creation as supreme when we are called to view the creator as... There are two complementary ways the Bible sets forth to help us view God's gifts. This is your first and next one in the blank. The first is the comparative view. This one will be easy for everyone. You put God and his gifts on two uh, sides of the same scale and see which one is more valuable. I'll give you half a second to do that in your mind and we'll see if we all reach the same conclusion. Good. Got it. Okay. Which one is more valuable? God or his gifts? God. Okay. We got it. You have the mind of Isaiah. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are counted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dusts. All the nations are nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. When we compare our desire for autonomy and control with the value of God, likewise, they are crushed under the weight of His glory. They are made rubbish. And all the good gifts God gives you are made likewise. Paul made it clear in Philippians 3 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted for loss for the sake of Christ. any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead clearly we cannot value God as equal to anything he's on a whole different level so how does this help us with the gifts that he is giving us how does this help us view the gifts that God has given us like control like children like being in charge of stuff like desiring good grades like desiring justice All things that can easily become idols, but in its right place, can be viewed appropriately. The second approach is what I call the integrated approach. And by what I mean, what I call, I mean what the author calls and what's your next fill in the blank. The second approach is called the integrated approach. Let me summarize it. We hit a little on it last week. Joe Rigney states, When we love God supremely and fully, we are able to integrate our joy in God and our joy in his gifts. Receiving the gifts as shafts of his glory. Supreme love for God orients our affections and orders our desires and integrates our loves. When we love God supremely, we are free to love creation as creation and not as God. We don't set God and his gifts in opposition to each other as though they are rivals. Instead, the words of Charles Simeon, we enjoy God in everything and everything in God. We enjoy God in everything and everything in God. So how do we integrate both approaches into our lives? This is your next fill in the blank. The integrated approach is how we should live day to day. And the comparative approach is a test to ensure that we maintain God as supreme. Again, the integrated approach is how we should live day to day. And the comparative approach is a test to ensure that we maintain God as supreme. Let's take a ridiculous example. Corey makes these amazing pumpkin bars. They are essentially butter, pumpkin mix, cream cheese, and sugar. They are amazing. My mouth lights up at the taste of them. I thoroughly enjoy them. I actually go as far, like most of my desserts, to eat it with a small fork, to force myself not to inhale the item, but instead to savor each bite. After every bite, should I turn to my wife and sing praises of her victory over the fall of Eden? (laughs) No, I should enjoy the meal. And then turn my affections towards my wife and thank her graciously. They work in concord with each other. I know supremely that it is Corey's doing, but I am enjoying her gifts. The fact is, and this is your last fill in the blank, a mind that is set on the things above will spend an awful amount of time thinking about the things of the earth. A mind that is set on the things above will spend an awful amount of time thinking about the things of the earth. We will deal with this and how to deal with idolatry and transformation groups. Thanks for listening to another Yak podcast. If you want more information on Yak, you can visit us at cccfrisco.org. Hope you join us again next week. Thanks for listening.